welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. These chapters, um, well, the, the book overall is moving very fast, so we decided to expand the amount of chapters we're including in these recordings. So, one, we have more to talk about, and two, we can then talk about the other books more quickly. So, we've expanded to two more chapters, and oh boy, what a bunch of chapters they are tacked on at the end. We finished up part one, which is about 50% of the book. And uh, it was a spicy meatball. I'm sorry, is that offensive <laughs> to your people, Christina? I'm also Italian. Oh my <laughs> god, the both of you? I mean, it's like a prerequisite of living in New York. I'm mostly Italian, surprisingly. Huh. But nice. the problem is that mostly is a quarter. Okay. That's how much oh, everything other else. stuff I've <laughs> got mixed in. But yeah, we, we start off with... Uh, Cariel and Kieran having a little reunion, and I hate Cariel so much. Okay, okay, I I have a question for you guys. So Cariel talks about how the fact that she asked Relosvar to buy Kieran at the slave auction, and that he, of course, he didn't want to kill Kieran and wouldn't kill Kieran. You know, he was there because I asked him to buy you. Do you think she ever would have fucking seen him if he had actually bought her? No, I don't think so. I guarantee goddamn tea that if Relosvar had purchased Kieran, he would have come back to the capital city. He would have been like, nah, sorry, somebody else bought him. And he would have like thrown him in fucking Shadrach Gore for the next however long. Shadrach Gore or like been like, your mother hates you. I'm the only one who loves you. Let's get you trained up, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Also, we did see the scene that uh, Cone... When he first gets World Hearth and starts experimenting oh, fuck, with it, he sees a scene of Cariel uh, asking uh, Relosvar to get uh, Kieran, and he's like, "Is this?" He doesn't know if it's Queen. Uh, what is the Queen's uh, name my- right now? Yeah, Queen Mayani, and uh, he's like, he sees it. So we, we've we've already seen this scene of. So we know she's telling the truth, right? And which I think is a good uh, callback. But I, 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 the thing that stands out to me is that Kieran is like, "You murdered Galen," and she's like, "I was just so angry and like, like I was like, you really want me to have sympathy for people that had me as a slave?" But like, she knows what. Gallon has gone through yes. as son to Dars, and she witnessed it. We read her witnessing it. Gallon is also scenes. a victim, right? She healed Gallen plenty of times after Darzan's abuse, and her reasoning, where she says, "Oh, Kieran, have you never been so angry that you know?" You wanted to murder everybody that... Like, you were a slave. Like, you were enslaved. Didn't you feel the same way? And I'm like, there's a huge difference between thinking you want to murder people and actually doing it. That's like, that's like, oh, haven't you ever, like, stolen a car in Grand Theft Auto V? And, like, <laughs> doesn't that mean you'd also steal a car you in real life? Like, the logic a car. makes no sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, she's she is uh, she's a selfish bee, and that that plays out a lot in these chapters. Um, she, I will say she does absolutely have a point about not trusting Thane, but that's very much a like two wrongs make a right situation. Like, yeah. yes, like she is actually correct in that Thane should not be trusted, and that Relosvar in that in that particular instance did not try to kill Kieran, but. Right. He doesn't know that yet, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't technically neither do we, but uh, you know it yeah. comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- this book yeah. you could also call the 
the book of red flags for things. <laughs> these chapters are really like the the ones happening like at the Rainbow Lake House. This is like like a real bottle episode. Like there's some like real soap opera shit, you know. So like Kieran like you know gets Cariel to what do you really think of my father? And she's like yeah. he's a piece of shit. And then he's standing outside the door and he overheard. And then Kieran listens outside the door. And it's like God, y'all. It's it's like the grown-up horny version of the parent trap. <laughs> it just you know, it it's it's such yeah. hijinks. Yeah. And then like they're in Oh, okay, first my my usual refrain of this book, what the fuck happened with Padrone? Mm-hmm. seriously and then theron says he's never been prouder of any of his children than kieran but that bar is so fucking low like that is not a compliment really no and it's also like i also don't know like you know i could be proud i could like go up to a stranger on the street and be like i'm so proud of you and that would be like maybe a nice boost for yeah. one or both of us but it doesn't mean anything yeah. like there's no context like because i don't know behind them. it yeah and, like, Theron acknowledges that a little bit when he's like, you know, I didn't have a hand in raising yeah. you. And it's like, so you 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 understand that you're kind of a piece of garbage you who abdicates all though. responsibility. But, like, you also don't get to say stuff like that, then. Yeah. yeah, the chapters of Theron previously, before this, started to paint him in, like, a good light. And then these chapters kind of bring that back down to reality again. Yeah. With, like, his conversation with Cariel, and then this conversation, I'm just like, you're a bad dad. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, in as much as I don't like these characters personally, it is a good job of writing characters who are oh, not, yeah. who are not evil, like, in the sense of, like, maniacal laughter on top of a mountain with a lightning bolt in the background. No, you know, they're evil they're... in the same way that our government is evil. Yeah, they're sort of quietly <laughs> shitty and selfish. Right, and it, you know, it's it's compelling, and I, I think I don't hate Cariel or Theron as much as the two of you do. Um, which isn't to say I don't dislike them, it's just like, I see how all this happened. And like, I certainly wouldn't deal well if someone, if like my abusive father had put me in a position where I then had to be in charge of an entire house that I therefore hated. Yeah. So I don't know. I I more hate Cariel in this for what she does later, where like That's after Darzan gets or she's after Theron gets chomped in half, and then she's instantly like, okay, yes, I will do the ritual of night. Like I will doom an entire species so I can get my kind of boyfriend back. Well, she's gonna. She thinks she's gonna die. So it oh, is self sacrifice. Yeah. And so, like, it's a, I mean, it's not that it's better. It's just that Cariel is so dumb. Like, she's trusting Rillo's far, even though everyone's like, you know, that's a bad idea. And then she's trusting Talon, which is <laughs> Talon, seriously? And then, and then, in a moment, she's like, I'll give you whatever you want, which every fantasy reader of any book in any history of ever is like, don't, don't, pro- no, no, yeah. don't do that. Like, you were just telling your son about how she can't be trusted. Right. Maybe don't tell her she can have anything. Yeah. Also, she's your grandmother. She should return him because she is your grandmother? Eh, Yeah, but Carrier I know. Neither of them play that way. They don't, but it's also kind of like, you know, expect more from the people around you and you might get it. But if you don't, they never will. Uh, also, she might be pregnant, which is weird. And oh, a lot yeah. Of, a lot of intimations of pregnancy here, yeah. So awkward to, like, be Kieran and just be like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna be a... Oh, boy. Oh, brother? Boy. Although I do like the bit where Theron is like, yeah, she might be pregnant, but, like, it's her choice to do what she wants. So that was a nice mm-hmm. little nod. But, yeah. Meanwhile. It, it's funny that the like um right after Cariel says not to trust Dane, we get the reveal well Kieran gets the reveal, we already knew 
that um, Tarendel said he already did the ritual, and like uh, Theron lays it out. Like one, yeah. somebody's lying to us, mm-hmm. and I'd hate to think it was Tarendel, but I'd hate to think it's also the eight. But either way, somebody is lying to yeah. us, and it starts mm-hmm. to like put the seeds of doubt. This with the, you know, the part about Relos Far from Cariel and the part about Thane from Cariel is like, we're starting to like paint a picture here of maybe things aren't as clear as we thought. Yeah, there's a lot more foreshadowing for it than I thought, actually. Like, I kind of remember the first time reading, like, the ending kind of coming, like, feeling like it came a little bit out of nowhere. But now it's like, no, Cossack Gen Lions, it was there all along. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's so much to hold in your head. Like, yeah. these, we read two more chapters than normal, and I'm already like, I can't, it's so many, a lot it's so many things. The And we'll, yeah. we'll get to it in a bit, but the demon shit in this chapter, too, I'm so mad about. Yeah. So they're all along. Yeah, the, the Cariel Theron stuff, while emotionally intense for the people involved, is like, it's just like icing. Yeah. It's icing on the like content cake that we got this <laughs> this time. And the grist chapters are just like one long fetch, fetch quest. quest. Yes, <laughs> grist to get the big Goron sword. Yes, like you go to one place. Ah, that per- that person is not here. You must get ten sheep for them to return, and then you get the ten <laughs> sheep, and then ah, well, I don't have the item you need. You'll have to go over here and do this thing. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> It was very funny. Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Um, and Gritzt is great. I love Gritzt as a character. I love how flustered he is around Kavash. Um She's she's flirting with him, right? Absolutely. Like, uh, uh, oh, she's into him. Yeah. yeah and he's sure. like, he's like been inside too long and he doesn't remember yeah. what flirting is. He's so like, he has, ha- he has like a nosebleed every time he it's sees like, her. <laughs> he's not picking exactly. up on it at yeah. all. But subconsciously he is yeah. because he like gives his personal name to her and mm-hmm. it's very funny. <laughs> but she's also she's like the girl in high school who's like, yeah, sure. How do you tune your amp? Just kind of sitting around being like, I love this. Tell me more about how you're going to set up this, this ritual. It's interesting when you say it. <laughs> right, exactly. God. It's great. Fun, fun note, both my brothers were in bands, so I am totally immune to the amp conversation, but I, I saw it happen many times. It's really awkward to watch. Yeah, yeah the uh, the grid stuff is all all pretty straightforward, honestly. Like, he, he meets Valathia, he meets Enos, he uh, wakes up the immortals, and they are heavily, heavily traumatized. And that's, yeah, I mean. Well, there's important information, like... We re- we find out why um, Relsvar did mm. the second ritual. Yeah. Not like why because of the Mithril womb, but why on a personal level. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. Valathia explains like her relationship to Ravark and how she rejected him from becoming one of the eight guardians, mm. and that she should have seen that as a sign that because of who he is, like because he's narcissistic. Yeah that something would have like this would have happened and we get the name nofro a lot who was apparently another preceptor that not only helped approve who was going to be the eight guardians but then was one of the participants of the first ritual of night and so he's he's dead and when and because the uh when the eight guardians are brought back by grits which is full of even more Thane red flags. Yeah, uh, immediately. Like, they, they ask for him right away, and that's when they find out that uh, Voris are um, human now. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Taja. It's very interesting to see the asymmetry of information at play here, and it's a little hard to keep track of, even for me, who has read this and knows what all the outcomes are. So, like, Grist needs Relosvar and doesn't super trust him, but trusts him more than anybody else. He doesn't know any of this because he's just like, he's just a tech. It was like, you know, if like the new guy in IT was the only person left after civilization and he's like, well, I think that was the internet. 
Um, and then Valathia knows about Relosvar generally, but doesn't know what happened in the ritual that went wrong. And then finally, from Kieran's perspective, we understand the, how, like, Valathia thinks the demons did something. And then Kieran finally lets us know that, no, Relosvar fucked it up himself and like uh, the demons were involved they were involved but like they don't know about the betrayal at the heart of it yeah yeah i thought the the um the kieran like Sarek memory scene was really interesting and i kind of had mm-hmm. i had forgotten about it a lot and getting that again like the idea that like he was kind like relator was kind of public about what he was doing like you know, mm-hmm. we learned that, you know, basically, like, he, more or less his funding got cancelled, and he kind of tried to, like, <laughs> push it through at the last minute, un- unprepared. But the idea that, like, I think Valathia and Sindral were involved, and both knew what he was, or knew what he told them he was attempting. So now I'm like, mm-hmm. what did he tell them he was attempting? Like, did he just say, oh, we should make more immortals to fight the demons? Or, like... I think that was the understanding, yeah, because that's why the eight were like fine with it. They were like, yeah, well, they were there, like at the beginning of that, right? We don't, we need help. Like, we could use some people who are also useful. Yeah, because like eight people fighting an entire army is, I mean, it's got to be tiring if nothing else. Um, and uh, it's also fun to know that Grist like casually as an offhand comment we don't even see this happen set up religions for everybody who's yes. just like oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 like the the scale of time is really evident i think in these chapters in the well like like grist has literally had 1200 years to plan mm-hmm. for this and he he's like worked on it and he's yeah like you could just sort of casually set up eight religions a few hundred years ago and they're going great now and so your newly resurrected immortals have a steady stream of tenye and like he for for a guy who calls himself basically a college dropout like he's actually very smart and figured out a lot but part of it is because he had the time right which which says good and bad things about anybody with that much amount of time just like he still hasn't figured out not to trust Rello's far I mean he yeah. needed his help, and I get that. Yes, but like, yeah. like any port in a storm, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, he just wasn't privy to these conversations. Yeah, and he's uh, also handing out uh, cornerstones like they're candy, <laughs> being very vague about what the stone of shackles does right. or how it works. I also, so we get a lot more of um, what's the resurrection one that he uses on Galava. Grim Ward. He's not affected by it, which is interesting. But I guess it's because he's immortal, question mark? The Grim Ward is one, we might have to cut this out, but if you use it, you you have to be dead. And if the stone notices that you're not dead, it fixes that problem immediately. Oh, I forgot Maybe because that. it's like the, the reason why Gris is immortal is he's not aligned with the universe. Mm, and right. part of the, it might just not fit. Doesn't like, like, recognize him. And, him. Yeah. and part of the both rituals, the first one and the second one, they align you with the universe because they're, mm-hmm. you know, using the the different forces of the universe. And so him using the cornerstone, they probably it probably doesn't like recognize him as being part of this universe, so it doesn't kill him. That makes sense. One part I find really confusing about the whole Sarek thing is and Janelle and Kieran are also confused by it is the Sindral Sarek Ionark relationship yeah mm-hmm. like so Sindral and Sarek's relationship is a secret very secret and Ionark is uh Sarek's daughter mm-hmm. but it's not clear if Sindral is the mother but Janelle thinks Ionark might be. Yeah, I think Sarek has thoughts that indicate that that Sindral is the other parent. But it sounds like Ionark doesn't know that Sindral is the other parent. Also, not clear how they pulled that off, given that their names match. So, like, if Sindral was the birth-giving parent, then. 
presumably someone would notice that they were pregnant, but then mm. and, but and also... gave the child the name with the Eric at the end. Yeah. I'm sure but there's a way it makes sense. This is also at the height of civilization yeah. where, yeah. Maybe they were just where birth could be uh, vastly different from how it is now. Because there's also the talk of um, Taya and Ravarik's relationship and how like it's a not well kept secret and Rolamar is their kid but Rolamar is also taking part in the ritual it's i think it's a very like birth is very different in this heightened civilization than what it is now so mm-hmm. it might be like you know when you're pregnant you could just you know, pop one out and then yeah. it's done without any like indication that you would know. I I, I just like because the way that how could they be having an affair and Ironark be the daughter without anybody noticing, without anybody, anybody noticing, knowing, yeah. and how could everybody know that uh, Rolamar is Ravark and uh, Taya's kid. But, like, nobody talks about it. But he's mm-hmm. also old enough now to take part in the ritual. And this is the, the point where everybody lives forever. Uh, that's yeah. the part that probably makes it uh, very uh, mixed up, is the fact that everybody at this point is not aligned with the universe, so they're all living forever. Yeah. I realize we keep reading books where there's, like, 10,000-year-old like a group of like five ten thousand year old people that all keep like <laughs> dating each other and fighting each other <laughs> all know each other way too well yeah that maybe we haven't escaped high school maybe we'll <laughs> never escape high school or college i don't know i I pretty firmly escaped high school i shouldn't say yeah. that anyway yeah yeah the memory stuff was really interesting um I feel like we should have some kind of musical sting for uh, it was Zaltaroth all along because <laughs> I have that twice in here. Um, once I think yeah, when Zaltaroth like so it's once with um, the, with the dry the, mother scene yeah. with Alana yeah. Milagreest. Oh yeah, and then later with the ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Zaltaroth pops up in both instances, and I'm like. Oh my god. So, um, <laughs> do you guys want to talk demon shit? Yeah, and you might have to cut this uh, out, yeah. but it's like, gosh, in both instances, it was a huge betrayal. Betrayal. Wait, when did, when anyway, did moving on. appear in the second ritual? Uh, like, right at the end, like, kind of when, like, you know, Sarek gets stabbed and he is starting to, like, become a demon. He, like, he, like sees Zaltaroth. Um, yeah, it sounds like it's a group of demons. Uh, I have it. I think um, it might not have been confirmed. I think I just guessed it was Zaltaroth because it had the three asterisks. And the. Oh, okay. the ma- I think Zaltaroth that's how they all talk. Had, no, they have different levels of asterisks. And Zaltaroth is the only three asterisk demon we run into. So, like, the lesser oh, ones yeah. get one at one. Janelle gets two, and some of the middle ones get dog. You need to stop scratching the carpet while I'm talking. Uh, Janelle has two, and some of the other middling demons have two, and then Zaltaroth has three. Huh. So I just always assume that like a three asterisk demon yeah. is is two. So maybe okay. So maybe I was uh, not noticing or not looking. What ha- what happened to Ilana's baby? Well, it became. Just, the Milligrees family, okay, right? That's what I, I, I was like. I, I had a genuine I moment where either. I couldn't remember. And I couldn't remember if that baby becomes a specific like person that we know. Or if it's just like, you know, the scion of the Milligrees clan, basically. Which I guess would make sense, because it's like Candor's baby. So they would become like a military family, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I forget if it's important if it comes up like I know, when I, they're talking with Jareth. Yeah, I genuinely don't remember. Yeah. Maybe we'll find out later. Um, yeah. Yeah, is it is it is it At- Atrin Candor's kid? That's yeah. what she says. So I assume so. Yeah. So like, presumably, her and Doc end up raising it. So that means that 
all the Milligrace are actually in the line of Atrincandor because yeah. uh, the Milligrace that Alana marries is Tarendel. No, she is, is the Milligrace. Yeah, isn't she? Yeah, she's the Milligrace. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I think he I like, thought, changes yeah. his name because that's oh, when no, he's right. Nikali, right. right? Yeah, and then yeah. he, yeah, he pretends to be mortal, yeah. and then for a while they have these kids. Yeah. So he just right. Takes so like on she's ultimately Janelle's parent. Yeah, like Janelle great, is ultimately great, her own great great grandmother or something. Oh, that's yeah, weird. <laughs> <God damn> it. <laughs> that's funny. Who kills her other great 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 yeah. great grandchild, the dragon? <laughs> Awkward. There's some other interesting things in Grit's chapters, like, and it goes back to you know the final book, which we won't discuss, where Valathia says that. Um, when she's talking about the the tree, the, the what do they call it? The big tree, the mother of trees, <laughs> the mother of trees, yeah, aka really the old. big tree, large tree. But that um, <laughs> mommy tree. They did. They didn't remake this world in order to fit. They basically they like you know browsed a bunch of uh, worlds <laughs> the on the internet. Yeah. Like, oh, that one. That one sounds good. Yeah, it's empty so, aside from this big tree. Interplanar. Zillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, no one told them about the daughters of Laka. Yeah, it's that, that quote was... unquote empty. Right. Yes, yeah. Yes. Without ever questioning why it was livable mm. but empty. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. everyone was like, "You didn't disclose these octopuses in the basement." Sorry. <laughs> we also learned that the three races were like crafted for colonization. So you'd mm-hmm. like earth, water, and land, like underground water and land. Uh, for the three different races, which I like, was just a nice little tidbit that I thought was interesting and makes sense. Which would you guys want to be? Ooh, land. Hmm. Oh, like the Vormir seem to have a nice time. I'd definitely be water. Yeah, it's pretty chill in the oceans, other than the aforementioned giant squids. Well, I mean, apparently, if you had just tried to be nice to them, they would have been friends with you. So yeah. The Vordred do not seem to be having a good time. We don't know. They could be. That's true. They basically <laughs> stay out of this whole drama. Yeah. So that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Thurvishar is... He's a good dude. I like him. That's true. That's true. I could see, like... I could see living in a palace made of whatever he did to that room while he was drunk. <laughs> Fair. So doesn't Jen Lyons imply in our, in our interview... Uh, go back and listen to that. Mm-hmm. That uh, <laughs> the Vordred have like some form of god king protecting them. Yeah, basically. like their leader mm-hmm. like is is a real uh, isolationist. Which hard to blame him. Honestly, yeah. like has a point. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't necessarily support it, but also yeah. can't argue against it. Totally. Get it. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of important information about in that in the Sarek chapter when we return from the flashback when they're talking about souls. Like mm-hmm. this whole time, they thought that uh, Val Karoth was just the body mm. of Sarek, and they even say it in this book. Like, yeah. oh, I'm you know I'm the soul of Sarek reborn, and that's just the body. But that turns out not to be true, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it turns out that Sarek, Valkaroth is Sarek, and Kieran is Sarek. And they, you know, dive into the information of, like, well, how can that be? And it goes back to, oh, and it links to the Gris chapters, because Gris explains that um, he can't do, he can't bring them back in the mm-hmm. other world. Mm-hmm. And he's explaining, like, oh, if they could you know, use Tenye in the other world, they could have just brought themselves back. And then Thurvishar has the note of, well, that doesn't make any sense with what I told you guys in the Ruin of Kings about what Kieran did with Zalame's heart. And that's when, and it's funny how that ha- chapter happens before we return to Janelle and Kieran, where they're, you know, telling like how they are linked 
and the eating Zalame's heart has linked them. Mm-hmm. But then they find out that, you know, Sarek's soul is both in Valkaroth and Kirin. And, uh, you know, it's funny how it all links together, but it's also <laughs> a little bit confusing. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the like, web of connections gets ever more dense in these chapters. Yes. And if you, dear listener, reader, can't keep track of them, it's okay. It's okay. Like, yeah. honestly, you can just keep reading. Like, Yeah. The, are... Like, I would say the book generally does do a good job of kind of reminding you who is who. Like, if mm-hmm. you're like us and you want to try to keep track of things, like, yeah, I get it. But, well, like, I guess they do yeah. explain it, like, when, like, because they use geishing to explain it. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. Kieran was geish and therefore he didn't dream anymore. But that he was able to heal that portion of his soul. Mm-hmm. But Val, the Sarek soul that is in Valkaroth, never, because it's been frozen in time has never had time to heal that soul. Yeah. So it's not te- it's not technically two souls. It's one fully healed soul mm-hmm. and one broken soul. Yeah. And I th- this will play out in towards the end of this book and the next book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it does it does all make sense on the Uber level, but you can also read it at the regular level where you're like spooky demon boy angry. Yep. Basically, Time to you run. Got, you gotta think about it. Old, yeah. old Karath upset. And that all makes sense. He ouchy boy. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's nice to see uh, Janelle and Kieran kind of working together. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see Tareth and Kieran kind of talking. Not really, I mean, but like a little. I mean, chapter, and then chapter 59 out, oh, is, is a beautiful chapter. It I is. love it. It is, nice. It's one of my favorite chapters in the whole series. And not just because it's real horny. <laughs> but it's it's good. It's, it's also a, very sweet. Yeah. yeah, it's a super sweet chapter where, like, they both are vulnerable with each other. And Kieran, like, mm-hmm. confronts his uh, his unliteral demons. Because he actually he has quite a few literal demons. But in this case, he, like, kind of goes through, like, why, like, why am I hung up on this like why am i so hung up on this shitty cross masculinity thing and like i love terrace and he also drops the, the l word with janelle in that chapter too mm-hmm. and uh and then it's great and they kiss and it's awesome and then it's immediately bad because rolamar is here <laughs> oh i love that part where um he drops the l word on janelle because uh this plays into because there's only one Janelle chapter in this whole book. Mm. And it sh- it's her thinking about how um, her self-doubts about her relationship with both Kieran and Teraith of whether mm-hmm. they love her because of who she is or because of the past lives. And then without getting her point of view here, we can figure out, we know what she's thinking yeah. in this moment, mm-hmm. that oh, does he love, is he saying love because of Kieran, or is he saying it because of Sarah? And so that's why, like, if you, if you don't think about it, you're like, oh, why is she, why is she pushing away in this moment? But it's because of that, that's that one chapter that we got, where she thinks about her self-doubts about whether they really love her or not, that we get the push away, and we know the explanation for that. Doesn't stop them from making out, though. No. Yeah. No. Which fair. And it's you know it's very like understatedly noble of her to I mean also horny but like understatedly noble in addition that she invites Tarith in and oh. like tries to tries to get them to deal with yes! each other. I love instead that. of just you know like being like well it's me for right now and I'm gonna take yeah. what I can get. She's like no these two have feelings for each other and I should. Yeah make that work she specifically said come join us too which i was like oh girl you know what you're doing (laughs) she's she's having her cake and eating yeah absolutely she's fixing fixing the 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 relationship issues while also getting to watch these two men that she loves make Mm -hmm. out it's a Mm -hmm. win-win and she's she's you know we can also understand that while she has these doubts she may not be right about them Mm -hmm. you know without spoiling anything like her 
self like every part of this little trio is awkwardly self-doubting and you know maybe they'll fix their issues and just make out with each other who knows stay tuned yay maybe they totally will when there aren't zombie dragons attacking (laughs) right Yeah. You know, we also read a lot of books where makeouts are interrupted by skeletons. <laughs> I think that's just, just a so classic and writing of anything. TV, movies, books. Like. <laughs> Chekhov's skeleton. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Kieran goes full Volkarov on Rolamar, and it's pretty cool and terrifying. Yeah. It's full-on Thanos dusting. Disintegrates him, yeah. Wait, hold on. Doesn't that happen in 63? Uh, yeah, I, put, I have it in 61. Maybe I was paraphrasing. They are... They, he kills him in 61, and then the yeah. aftermath is in 63. Yeah. So that's when Thane is like, oh, I'll bring Darzen back if you do the ritual. Um, and it you has, mean Theron. Yes. I keep calling him Darzen. That would have been... <laughs> I put it in my notes, <laughs> That would be real too. bad. Like, that's all right. Yeah. Um, and then one of my one of it's my a very favorite, different book though. One of my favorite lines in the series is in this chapter, and I think I've actually said this on the show before that it's one of my favorite lines. And it's Kieran like kind of heading out with Thurbashar and looking at Teraith, and he says, "I wanted to tell him he deserved to live in a world where he was more than his mother's favorite knife." Like that mm-hmm. is such a good line, and I think it really sums up like their relationship and Teraith's relationship with his mother and everything that's going on. And it's um it's a good line, and I really like it. And then Kieran and uh, Thurvishar go on a side quest together. <laughs> Excuse you, Thurvy. Yes, I'm right. Yes, Thurvy <laughs> and Mucky are off together. <laughs> Thurvishar is... Jen Lyons doesn't let him be the underrated character. He does get a lot to do, and I appreciate that. But like, he's definitely the character who in other books would be sidelined, and then you would be like, but he's so great! Yeah. Because he is so great. He is he's great, just, yeah. He might be he might be my favorite. Your favorite character? Hard, hard to say. He's, yeah. he's a delight. Him and Senerai together, I think. Mm. Definitely the favorite ship. But Yeah. I just, I just like Angry Murder Girl and like Yeah. And and Bro. Yeah. <laughs> One more bit about the Sarek uh backstory. There's a moment where uh, Taja is like, this isn't gonna work out yes! for anybody, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, uh, Taja always jokes about seeing the future. It's really annoying. <laughs> she constantly uses it against Argus, and I'm like, but, but I think she can see the future. Yeah, well, like, so, and they, I don't think they really start to go into it until the end of this book a little bit more but like Taja is not so much the god of luck as she is the god of probability yeah and so she can see and understand like the probability of certain outcomes so I think that like she knows that there is a very low chance of this happening and she might not know why but she like understands that it's not gonna go the way they think and I, I wonder if she also just knows that she can't necessarily change that like that right. is a whole other interesting side thing of like, does she ha- like knowing what may or may not happen? Does she then have mm-hmm. the power to affect those uh, results? Uh, I think she does. She does, yeah. Um, because she'll do some. She does something that comes up in the next book. Okay. That all the guardians do. Oh, that right. I think was her idea. Yeah can't say any more than that yeah you'll just have to read it (laughs) this far in presumably you're gonna keep doing that so enjoy yeah like if you if you quit the if you quit the books after this one which is like one of the best ones then you're probably not you probably don't like this series i'm sorry and you made it very far in a series that you probably don't like it's a lot of pages to read so much yeah why are you torturing yourself like this we, we love these books, yeah. but we are we are uh, big promoters of read what you like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why yeah. does like Thane react so harshly to Gritz? At first, like, oh, she thinks it's Sarek, and then, and then she's still like staring at him the whole time. Yeah. Like, he brought you back. 
Like I, it, this moment, like I, I don't fully understand. And then she has that line of like, I guess that means your work is done. Like she's about to kill, like about to kill him and get rid of him. Like, oh, you know too much. It's very strange. It was a little strange that that threatens in particular because she's threatening one of the last people who lives forever. Like, yeah. why, why would you kill that guy? Like, also, can you kill that guy? Uh, she probably can, but yeah. I mean, if I woke up from being obliterated across the universe, I might be a little touchy. Yeah, that's my. That's thought. a little specifically touchy, but I can kind of see it. I, I wonder. Yeah, she's touchy, and I think she's just like. I need somebody to blame for this. Yeah. And I don't have that right now. And you're here and you're you, somehow you're Avoris and you're still alive. Like, you know, what the fuck made you so lucky and so special? Mm-hmm. But they know Zavora Mir. So yeah, she's not like yeah, racially just upset in, in about general, it. Like, you know, like my, yeah. this no Pharaoh guy who was the leader of He's my people bud. is gone and right. this random dude is here instead. By the way, last time I talked about how I didn't like how Dervishar put this like self-fulfilling prophecy in mind in Kieran that leads to the end of this book. But these chapters that lead up to part two, especially with what Kieran does with Rolamar, it gives it gives him more credence to what actions he takes at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I I totally forgot about this whole Rolamar scene where he, um, how linked him and Valkaroth really are. And that, uh, and then Thurvishar has the scary thought of like, oh, what if we get two Valkaroths out of this? Like, uh, that gives a little bit more credence to what Kieran's final decision will be in this book. But also, it's like, um, man, it's really sad, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Especially in the scene where, it, like, Therese tries to talk to him, and he he's, like, talking about Valkaroth, and then Kieran is like, what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah, Karen's not had an easy life. No. A lot no. of people around him have died, and he's being asked, you know, I think I think we get these narratives of self-sacrifice where it becomes very, like, noble, but there's nothing here that, like, is trying to pass that, like, false sense of nobility over on this. It just sucks. And everybody acknowledges that, and it might have to happen anyway, but, like, you can't paint this over with that sheen of like patriotism or like for the world is like no sometimes people just get a raw deal and Kieran's always going to sacrifice himself anyways like yeah despite getting one of the rawest of deals he's still going to get out there and try to give himself up to save people because he's a good boy Mm mm-hmm and Grist, too, you know, like, he never asked for that. And he went from being a guy who could kind of fuck off because everybody else had it under control to the guy who had to be in charge yeah. because he had literally no choice. He was going to live forever. Like, he could have six centuries of feeling sorry for himself and it wouldn't mm-hmm. change anything. So, like, eventually you have to do something. And that sucks, too, kind of. I think the only people it deserves to suck for are Cariel and Theron, who <laughs> didn't. Yeah. I mean, they they also got raw deals, but they didn't try to make anything out of it. They've also just made a series of bad choices their entire lives. Yeah. Including in one of these closing chapters yeah. with <laughs> Fene, who comes off as so sinister. I know, right? She throws, like, shows up in like full goddess form. Like, mm. I, I, I like that she appears in she's like oh what happened <laughs> like she doesn't already know <laughs> well, it seems like you need something there granddaughter and then when kieran says no about like and the way that thane responds no back to him like it sounds like she's like three seconds away from just killing kieran right there <laughs> 
because she doesn't really know what he means. Yeah. But, oh, man. I realized in this chapter that, not biologically, because Stone of Shackles, but Kieran is, like, also Thane's grandchild, like, great-great-grandchild or something. Mm Kind of. God damn. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of complicated lineages here. Yeah, great, great grandchild. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Theron's lineage is also confusing. Yeah. But yeah, Theron is Valathia's grandson, I think. By the original body of her husband, who's still alive in a different body. Uh. He, he, so so okay so Valathia and Terendel in Terendel body yes <laughs> had Valrashar who is yeah. Theron's mother yeah or she was grandmother the, might be grandmother or no he, Pedrin. mother or grandmother no. I can't remember okay yeah yeah but right so Doc is still it is his grandfather emotionally but not biologically because like, he's in right. Mithrael's body now where he's, uh, where he's, um, Terrace's biological form. Yeah, Terrace, yes. So, <sighs> sort of, Theron and Terrace uh, are kind of related. They're, like, kind of cousins. Right, like, there's gotta be brothers? a word, there's gotta be a word in yeah. the language for, like, your parents had the souls but the <laughs> yeah. bodies are different <laughs> it's like is it first cousin once removed or is it like second cousin isn't there a note from Thervishar that Therese and Kieran are technically related they're not biologically yes. related but... they're not biologically yeah. yeah yeah but they are kind of cousins emotionally Vane don't care about that. that's true Vane also don't care about that although apparently Therese wasn't raised around Vane and, and does care about that. But either way, they're yeah. fine. They're in the clear. Yeah. He was raised around snake people, which is much more normal. Yes. <laughs> I imagine whatever biological uh, malformities have happened because of multiple mm-hmm. lines of incest, the Vane have figured out they just, how to. Yeah. yeah. They just, oh, just take a bath. They just airbrush it out. <laughs> yeah. The Habsburg jaw just becomes. <laughs> Normal and fine. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but the, yeah, everyone, everyone in this series actually incredibly pretty. Yeah, yeah. the Vonnael being extremely hot is actually just a result of inbreeding. <laughs> they just got lucky. Yeah. There's Vonnie in another dimension that didn't work out so well. <laughs> I like, though, the offhand comment of that Grist makes where he's like, the Vane are all look like Easter eggs, but you know, and like they're all pastel. And here, for a political statement, they all look like edge lords. Yes, like, yes. All the men all went went goth, right? Yeah. And just like, okay, well, that's helpful to tell them apart. Moving on. <laughs> oh, and we learned why the men all left, and I'm blanking on it right now. They why did the thought they thought the Boris were a threat. That okay the. The Kirpus Vane, Kirpus Vane weren't taking okay. seriously. Okay. Right. Yeah, and so that's why they, and they moved turned out. out to be right. Yes, <laughs> very much right so. because Kor invaded Kirpus and took it over, and then they all fled to the Manal. Yeah, yeah, right. kind of. Although we we're really coming to learn that there's a lot of Vane still in Kirpus. They're just kind of they hiding just don't know. and hanging out, right? But they don't have like a kingdom in the same way that the Manal. Because Kor are essentially stupid. Yes. Yeah. Hubris. Hubris, thy name is Kor. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, the Kirpus are like, you know what's great? Porridge with illusions on it. So I don't feel <laughs> so bad for them. <laughs> yeah. My favorite food. If you guys could be Mush. Kirpus or Manal, what would you be? <sighs> That's a hard one because I'm also really afraid of bugs and jungles mm. and I hate the heat. So. I. I think I'd be a th- something else. I don't, I don't like. It I mean, seems fun to be Vani, super hot and long lived. Yeah, if you're like, Vani, you can be anything, I guess. So yeah, uh, yeah. Couldn't you just like become one or the other 
on a whim. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what Doc did. Like that's what Tarendel did. He was like human well, for a it, while when he was right. Nikali. I guess if you're asking me what color I would be, it would be like nice dark blue. So probably purple. Manal. Mm, I yeah, I think it would also be purple. Like, yeah. would you both be dark purple or would you be like Easter Bunny purple? I'd be very dark purple. Okay, I don't know. Velothea is like bright lavender, I'd so no judgment. Mix it up, honestly. Like I would, I would like really way, rock that on um, a body change situation. Mm-hmm. Who is the one? Who is the famous Drow character that's supposed to be uh, Driz? Dr- yeah, Driz Dor. Yeah, Driz is more purple, while yeah. the other Drow are like sort of like yeah. very black. I always picture like, that's not racist. Bonnet as Drow. Oh yeah, I do too. Drow, yeah. The whole drow thing is very yeah. kind of fucked up, and it's and a little weird yeah. with the sexism. But yeah. you know, D and D problematic. What? Who would have thought? No, oh, God. <laughs> it's fine, guys. I They're do. putting out a new version of D and D, and everything's gonna be great. Oh, no, <laughs> the, the funny part is, this is we're in September, twenty twenty two, and there's you know controversy about D and D doing something problematic. But by the time you're listening to this, they'll probably have done it again. <laughs> Just be something else. Yay. Nice to know that there are some constants in the universe. Yeah. Did you guys read Order of the Stick or did you at any point? No, I think you've recommended yes. it. it. It's good. There, There is a, a throwaway joke where they're like, oh, there are no more bad drow. They're all like... Uh, battle-scarred, like, hard-hearted rebels fighting for a better world. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That's just the character class now. They're all drizzes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I don't have anything else to say about these chapters. Yeah, no. A lot of, and a lot of, like, what happens here is stuff that we can't necessarily talk about right now because it really, like, is about the, the end of Discord of Gods. Um, mm-hmm. But we did. I mean, yeah. I I think I've also yelled about everything that I want to. I think the Alethea is really cool, and I want her book too. She's. Dope. I think I would like to register. Maybe at the end of this, we'll just have a ranking of all the books Jen Lyons should write. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we can present to her because, like, obviously, yeah. the Affair of the Voices would be my top choice too. But I want I want to follow up with um, Similian and his like yep. farm boy. Yep. And I want, oh. I just want, like, the Book of Alethea, where she's just like, oh, I just decided to, like, go, go the observe these dragons yeah. for a while. I was thinking about this while I was reading these chapters. I want the Relos Var book, specifically in between, um, whenever, like, beginning with whatever relationship he had that created Sandus, mm-hmm. and right before... The Ruin of Kings. Like, okay, I think about okay. those 16 years that Kieran was growing up. What was Relisvar doing? Like, I was just like, I'm just curious, like, what exactly mm-hmm. he was okay, doing. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know he was in Yor for part of it. Ooh, and he was pretending to be Father Zajira. Yeah. So that was part of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he, he yeah. Was, he what, was what, cultivating. Yeah, like, all the, all the pieces that he was putting into play. That's that, a good one. And where they are when we start the series. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, because I, I would be curious who goes. wants to have a kid with him. Because he presents himself as so, like, bland. Intentionally. But, like... Yeah. I wonder where he goes after he separates from Gritstier. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like, there's a lot of time happening in here. Like, what is he doing during all this? Oh, that is a thing we can mention. Like, we're talking about Gris fetch quest, but we don't talk about we didn't talk about how long it took. Like it sounded like it took <laughs> years yeah. to get yeah. all this done. On but, top of the like years of research that he had yeah. already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's even like you know they have to evacuate the entire manal, and that takes like three weeks, and they're just like mm-hmm. hanging around, and like Kvats is cooking for him the whole time, and yeah. the treaty <laughs> between him. Uh, between the Vane and uh, Yinnis mm. took four months. Right. I do love that he goes <laughs> to see Yinnis and he's like, come on, man. Did you go into the jungle? And Yinnis is like, no. He's like, you went yeah, into the jungle, like, didn't you? Like, Maybe. Yes. Snake. 
this snake god king, and they're talking to each other like their old bar buddies. Yeah, it's like, great. what are you what doing here? Sup, bro? I swear, I told you if you come back here, I'll punch you. I swear I didn't actually go to the jungle. All right, you called me mad. I did go to the jungle. I did. I did send my. They weren't. They drove me to it. it. Yeah. Yeah, that chapter wasn't like consequential, but it was fun. fun. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. And we did find out that Grist eventually killed Diana. Kills him. Yeah. In a book that I also want. Yeah. Actually, what I want is a series of short stories. Yeah, like an anthology, that'd be fun. Right, like or like novellas. They don't have yeah. to be this long, yeah. but just like Grist and the very bad, no good, horrible, <laughs> bad snake. I have to say, I hate short story collections so much. <laughs> I also but, don't uh, like them. Joe which is not Abercrombie, the fault of the short stories. Yeah. Joe Abercrombie has a short story collection called Sharp Ends, and it's like short stories all within the universe of his books. And that I like. Mm-hmm. So if Jen Lyons did something similar, I would like that. Because it's all like, you know, here's a moment from this portion of time, and here's a moment from this portion of time. Just like, but it's the the random collection of short stories. I'm just like, <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you say that because I feel similarly. But it's like listening to the mixtape of someone who just has very different tastes than you, and it's just kind of like, no, I just wanted an album. Like I wanted the songs to go together, yeah. and you just right, gave exactly. me like, you just gave me like, gypsy punk next to electro swing. It doesn't help that I was an English major, and so many like the of uh, the beginning classes that you take in when you're an English major is short story collections. And it's right, because like it's suff- like less it's to the, read. It's the suffering you have to go through in order to get to the classes where you just do Shakespeare the whole time, or you just do Milton the whole time, oh God. or you just do one subject the whole time. But now you got to suffer through the short story collections. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, here's a short story about, guess what, death? Bad. <laughs> no. And we don't like it. <laughs> it's about Freud. Anyway... You know what I'm reading? Not short story collections. What are you, that's for sure. what are you reading, Josh? But I am reading, uh, I am rereading, because I couldn't help myself, uh, Discord of Gods. <laughs> yes, I jumped from book three to book five. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll get to book four, but I want to read book five right now. So yeah, that is what I'm reading. Uh, Christina, what are you reading? I am about to finish a book called Woman, Eating. And it's about a vampire who struggles with their vampirism. It's good. It's definitely a book for people in their 20s. Oh, God. It's just like, she hasn't gotten anything figured out yet. And she's like, really (laughs) struggling. And like, I remember that period very strongly, but also I'm not in that period anymore. So it's like a very, it's definitely not nostalgia. Do not take me back. But like, it's good. It's it's well written. It's a good book. Um, Steph, what are you reading? I am only reading one other book right now, which is the Stardust. <gasps> I know it's really weird, <laughs> but also like November is coming, and so uh, there is there's the Wheel of Time, that new Wheel of Time like book that's coming out that I need to crack on with, and then theoretically Josh and I might get the Lost Medals. So you know, just kind of keep Hopefully. keeping my slate a little clean. See what happens. Smart, smart. Yeah. Yeah, Alright, well, Steph, where can people find you? You can find me on the various interwebs at Steph O. Kingston, and it will be uh, airing, if not completely out by now, uh, by the time you hear this, but I'm on season two of Geekly Inc.'s Vanguard of the Veil, on top of all of my other regular podcasts, and I am playing a goth girl character inspired by Harrow from the <laughs> <Rock> <laughs> series. <laughs> Josh, interweb time. You can find me at 405wits and the reading section of geeklyinc.com. Yay! Yay. Christina, what about you? Where can we find you? You can find me at Girl and also on geeklyinc.com. Thanks for listening. Books! 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 (laughs) Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. 
If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.